Hey, this is Freddie from the Vaccine, and you're listening to PS Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Sean Patton loves the USA, loves being an American, but he thinks there's one other country that might have a slightly better sense of humor than the USA. Because they understand, like, on stage, he's joking. This is a joke. This is stand-up comedy. And I find a lot of times with audiences uh, in the States, they'll forget that you're in, you know, it's comedy. We'll find out what that country is and hear more from Sean Patton in just a little bit. A great dumb bit coming up about the tyrannical powers of President Obama. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. The powerful National Rifle Association will urge lawmakers to vote against mandating universal background checks for gun buyers, NRA President David Keene told USA Today this past Wednesday. Instead, the NRA is proposing a free gun program for all. A 15-year-old Icelandic girl has been granted the right to legally use the name given to her by her mother despite the opposition of authorities and Iceland's strict law on names. Reykjavik District Court ruled Thursday that the name Blair, spelled B-L-L, A-E-R, can be used. It was determined that it was not a proper girl's name by authorities who apparently never watched the facts of life or Gossip Girl. After the decision, they went back to listening to the latest Bjork CD. Sport. NFL Hall of Fame quarterback and current CBS analyst Dan Marino fathered a love child out of wedlock with another CBS employee in 2005. She's being referred to as a love child because Marino isn't a hater. Sorry about that. In more sports news, 49ers cornerback Chris Culver said Thursday morning he would accept a gay teammate as he apologized for homophobic comments he made earlier this week on a national radio show's podcast. Boy, people say anything on a podcast, won't they? Everyone is treated equally in our locker room, Culver said, after he realized the 49ers are from San Francisco. Chris Pine, who was starring for the second time as Captain James T. Kirk of the USS Enterprise in Star Trek, Into Darkness, due out in May, will play the title role in Jack Ryan, based on the character who frequently appears in many of Tom Clancy's novels. In that film, Ryan has to be careful what he does, lest he affect the plotline for the third Star Trek film. It looks like one of porn's most famous performers is on the mend. TMZ reported Wednesday that Ron Jeremy was in critical condition after an aneurysm was found near his heart. But Jeremy's rep now tells the cable news network that his second surgery went smoothly and that he's now resting with complete privacy, no visitors, and a naughty nurse. And that's been Fake News with me. There's something strange in the media, or just factual. Who are you going to call, <laughs> newsbusters? Before we get to the actual bit, I had to share this because it's so awesome, and you know of my love of newsbusters, so please indulge me. I guess on CBS Sunday morning, uh, there was a uh, little story about a Georgetown constitutional law professor who said, uh, well, he said this. I've got a simple idea. Let's give up on the Constitution. Holy crap. 
How do you think Newsbusters took this? <laughs> Not well, as you can imagine, and you would be right. They uh, posted a little clip of it, and they said, uh, like and share if you think the professor should be fired completely failing to see the irony in this because w within the constitution there's something called well <laughs> i'll let this gentleman explain the first amendment establishes freedom of religion freedom of the press and freedom of speech unless you question the constitution in which case you should be fired okay it says it's it's in really tiny print but it's there now, uh, the professor that you heard previously uh, with his doubts about the Constitution, uh, he goes on to make a little too many case about how uh, previous presidents, including Lincoln and the Roosevelt's, you know, had, had kind of had their doubts about the Constitution. And as our friend Paul Mercurio pointed out last week on this very program, uh, it's a document that says that black folks are three-fifths of a person, number one, and it was amended 27 times, okay? So I'm not on board with we should forget the Constitution. I interesting idea. He raises some interesting points. But, uh, boy, can you imagine trying to rewrite a Constitution? now. Holy cow. Okay, on to the real bit here. I hear a lot of talk uh, past couple of years, past four years as a matter of fact, uh, about tyranny. A lot of tyranny talk. Well, like this. I'm so frustrated by this tyranny. You have no idea. Now, we can, we can analyze it. We can intellectualize it. We can parse it and so forth and try and unravel it. But I'm just telling you from an emotional point of view, it is just so damn infuriating to see the greatest country on the face of the earth run by a bunch of Lilliputians they are constantly attacking it from within. That is radio host Mark Levin giving the people what they want, or at least the you know right-wing people what they want. But he is correct. President Obama is a tyrant. Did you know he appointed two people to the National Labor Relations Board while Congress was in recess, thereby bypassing the approval process? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Other presidents have used the so-called recess appointments before, going all the way back only as far as, um, let me see here, uh, George Washington. Uh, but that doesn't matter because Barack Obama is a dictatorial tyrant. Federal Appeals Court, meantime, has struck down a number of key recess appointments made by the president. They're, the appeals court saying they are unconstitutional and unconstitutional use of executive power. Alice Klaar, Herr Luftblitzer. Okay, Obama's still a tyrant, but he's really, really bad at it. Sean Patton is a stand-up comedian from New Orleans, Louisiana, who now splits his time between New York and Los Angeles. His Comedy Central special will come out in May. He's filming it at the end of this month. Here now is our interview with Sean Patton. All right, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's Sean Patton. Sean, how you doing? I am awake and doing well. It's good to be awake. Uh, you'd be surprised when you travel enough. Being awake is it's it's a it's a rarity, especially on time. Huh. But today we are on time. All right. Um, now you're from uh, New Orleans originally. I am. Yes. Cool. And uh, I forgot yeah. how you. It was growing up in New Orleans conducive to being in comedy necessarily. I know there's a lot of you know entertainment-related things you know happening in New Orleans you know year-round. It's kind of a party city, or just serendipitous. You also happen to be from New Orleans. 
No, I mean, there's a, there, was a, there was a very small, you know, do-it-yourself sort of comedy thing there when I started out. Now there's a huge, well, huge is a relative term there, but, you know, compared to what it was, now a big flourishing comedy scene there. And um, it's very conducive. I mean, it's a, it's a creative city, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, it's There's true. a lot of tourists. There's a lot of college kids. Yeah. You know? Well, so, yeah, it, it, it was great. Well, you've got uh, Anne Rice is from there. Um, Anne Rice is from there. Yeah, Trent, Trent Reznor so, moved down there from Cleveland. Nine Inch Nails. He did. Yes, yes, he did. He did. And then he's, um, from, he's from Cleveland. He's from Cleveland. He's actually from Western Pennsylvania. Um, I can't remember the name of the town he's from. Um, it's north of Pittsburgh. But he moved to Cleveland uh, when he was eighteen or nineteen and got a job uh, at night in a recording studio. And then he met some uh, mutual, well, not mutual, I don't, I don't, I've never met Trent Reznor, but I know some guys he was in a band with, and now that guy is the main songwriter and singer in um, Stabbing Westward, a guy named Andy Kay. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and anyway, um, yeah, so, but Trent uh, lived in Cleveland. That's where he started Nine Inch Nails, basically. And then uh, I, I, see. I think he still has a house uh, in the, on the west side of Cleveland, but he also maintains a, a residence in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, yeah, his, his house in New Orleans is pretty, uh, you know, pretty famous. Yeah. Um, I just always figured he crawled out of the Mississippi River no. and started making music. Yeah. No, he is, he is from Cleveland, made his first album. Uh, I think he did the demos in Cleveland and recorded the first one uh, that was on TVT Records in Chicago, I'm thinking. And yeah, and uh, and just, just went from there, so... Yeah. And, there you go. And, and, then, and speaking of music, uh, friends of the podcast, Imagination Movers are from your neck of the woods. They are, yeah. But, but, uh, I, they, they, uh, we do a lot of collaboration, you know, clearly. Huh. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. Well, yeah, I, 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 I don't know those guys, but I've actually seen them perform before. Right, right. They're very good. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah. We're, we're big fans of theirs. Um, so yeah, a very a, a lot of diverse um, art. And when you look at that list, when you look at Anne Rice, Trent Reznor, Imagination Movers, John Patton, you know, it's uh, yeah, very diverse list. Yeah, and so do you, and is, is the city like? It just seems to. I've never been there, and I've always wanted to go. But it just seems to me that that city, maybe like a San Francisco too, um, it just kind of welcomes that kind of uh, diversity. Whereas if you maybe go to I don't know a Miami, big as it is, it's more one kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. My, Miami's actually Miami's uh, not, not 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 a huge not the hugest fan of Miami, but yeah, New Orleans is in a comparison way more like San Francisco than a than a Miami or a you know it's it's a it's the, the pearl of the South. I mean, there's no the, you know the diamond in the rough of the yes. South because Louisiana. You know, Louisiana is not the most diverse, open-minded state. Huh. New Orleans, however, is it, it's almost like New Orleans is almost the antithesis to Louisiana. You know, it's like oh yeah, I you, you go yeah. you go you go an hour, hour and a half outside of New Orleans, and it's just some of the it's the real podunk, bigoted. Shit, you know, yeah. oh, excuse me, but um, but the you know New Orleans is a very, very open-minded, very. Uh, cultural, very progressive thinking. A lot of people get turned off, I would say, because it's not a very PC city. Like, it's not, you know, people kind of speak their minds there a little bit yeah. more and don't throw on that that politically correct filter as much, which, but in my personal opinion, um, 
the, the political correctness can hurt more than it can help. You well, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, it certainly can it can go too far. You know, it's one of the you know unintended consequences, right. and you think you're you're doing good, but ultimately, you know, it it, it comes back to bite you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not robots. We're people. Right. You know, like, yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not. We're not sterile. We're we're we're. I don't know what the we're we're stenchful. <laughs> but it's good. It's, but it's, yeah, it's a wonderful. I mean, it's a very. It's a good place to, when you start doing comedy. That you know, it's a good place to encourage you to sort of like really be to have a voice. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, oh, and you know who else is from there? Uh, the the generous is Ellen and Vance. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, are, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but I think, I know Alan started doing comedy there in the 80s when there was a comedy club downtown that sort of folded years before I ever started. But, you know, uh, yeah, it, she is from there. And so is he. So there you go. There you go. that. Um, and uh, so are you funny growing up as a kid then? You decide, you know, I, I want to be a comedian or your buddy's like, Hey, you should be on a stage, man. You're, you're hilarious. What's, how did the, what was kind of that push to get into comedy? Um, growing up, uh, I was never a class clown. I was more of like a, you know, smoking weed with your friends in the, in the backyard while y'all skip school clown. You know, like I was, yeah. I was like a, I was a shy kid believe it or not, but not, not to those who I, you know what I mean? Like not, not, around my friends, I was, you know, berserk. but <laughs> yeah, I was kind of a shy, sort of quiet kid. I, I, I didn't think, I, I knew I had a sense of humor, but I just didn't think anybody would ever get me. Oh, okay. I thought it was like, ah, you know, the things I think are funny are just bizarre and ridiculous. And then, but growing up, I always knew I wanted to do something, something bigger, something larger. Something, you know, and then I remember in high school, I saw Mr. Show with Bob and David. Yeah. And that opened up my eyes to the idea of like, wow, like that, that's like, that's how I think. Uh, that's the stuff I think is funny. I didn't, do other people think this is funny? You know, and <laughs> that really kind of sort of planted the seed. And I, and around when I, I dropped out of college and I was 22 years old. And I just it just been it had just been brewing for a while at that point. And I was like, "Yep, I'm just I'm doing it. I'm starting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go." And it was it was strange because I never people always ask, you know, what was my backup plan, and I never had one. And I I never it wasn't like from day one I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be famous." It was more like I'm gonna be a comedian. Like I'm gonna do what I you know. I, I knew I knew going into it it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to take a long time because by then I read I had read up you know in interviews with other comedians that I admired you know the Louis C.K.s and the yeah. the David Crosses and I knew it was going to be a long road. But I just I did I never had a back. I never was like well if this doesn't work out for a few years I guess I'll you know I'll go into typewriter maintenance or something you know but yeah. I, I just knew I was like no I'm just I'm going to go I'm going to do this it's here we go. And I just started 22 years old in the year 2001 and never looked back. So what did you find funny growing up that maybe other folks weren't on board with? Because as, as I think about it, you know, I was an SCTV guy from way back. But as I think about it, you know, people now know and comedy nerds still know of Second City. But even back then, you know, apart from maybe the occasional Bob and Doug fan, 
people were really on board with that, you know, and, and Monty Python too and stuff. I mean, was there stuff that you thought this is hilarious, but maybe your know, friends or other people were just kind of like, you know, why do you like that? Well, it was, just, it, was, it was it was the sense of it was the it was sort of like the subversive sort of you know um, extrapolatory sort of uh, you know like seeing the obvious funny joke but going three steps past it. Aha! Uh-huh. So like what's the un- not so obvious? Like whoa, where did that come from? I mean, I think like you know, I, growing up, I would you know I would. I would play pranks or I would say things and a lot of times a lot of people would take it seriously or ah. uh, because get offended or get uh and they're like, No, don't you under don't you understand? <laughs> like, I'm joking. Like this is and that that's the thing still to this day. I mean, you know, I love you know, I I'm a I'm a United States citizen but and I love it. But uh one of my favorite places to perform is Canada because it's almost like they're Americans with a better, they're better better educated, excuse me, they're better educated, more tolerant Americans. It's really like, like they, you can't offend Canadians because they understand like, no, he's on stage. He's joking. This is a joke. This is stand up comedy. And I find a lot of times, a lot of problems you run into with audiences uh, in the States is they'll forget that you're in, you know, it's comedy. Yeah. what I'm saying on stage is it's a joke. And if you don't like the joke, then you don't like the joke. But don't take it seriously because it's not a serious thing, you know? And that's actually just why I love Go Bananas. Go Bananas is one of my favorite clubs ever. And it's because there's something about the tone of that club that's just perfect. Like, you know, backstage, there's a sign that says, host, do not ask if it's anyone's birthday or if, Anyone yeah. celebrating anything, yeah. we don't give a shit. And I love yeah. that because that essentially tells the audience when you ask whose birthday is it or who's celebrating, who's a bachelorette, you're basically opening up the show to them right. and being like, here you go, this is your show. When the reality is, it isn't. It's the performers. It's about the performers. You want to see a good comedy, it's got to be a show about the performers. The performers got to be the star, obviously. Yeah. Um, and there's something about Go Bananas where. Every time I've done a show there, the audience just get it. They're just, they're just, they, they're like, oh no, this is comedy. I'm, I'm here to see a comedy show. I, maybe I don't know this person. Doesn't matter. I'm going to trust that they're funny. And I, I love that about that club. But to answer your question, I'm sorry, I just kind of went off on a no, that's fine. Right there, but um, I, I, my sense of humor, what, what I felt people wouldn't get. What I you know hope people get mad is just that I I take a lot of risks. I really do. I like to challenge both myself and the audience to like to like to laugh at something they've never laughed before, and in a way that they've never laughed before. So you know that's that was that's always been me. And a lot of you know sometimes it's not oh whoops, but sometimes it's it's great you know so yeah. That's uh, and but I I always but you know it's I mean I I, I strive to always put on the best show possible. So well, getting back getting back to the Go Bananas uh, thing because that, that's actually the only club I've ever performed comedy at besides the uh, Bruhaha Festival we have here in town. 
And uh, I, I kind of sense... Which is a remarkable festival, by the way. Yes, yes. Uh, recommended remarkable. to folks to travel to Cincinnati in the summer. We'll have more details on that as it becomes available for the 2013 brouhaha, of course. But um, yeah. I, I sense even when I'm there uh, on the, you know, the weekend nights watching uh, the headliner perform that there's still um, a sense of community about Go Bananas that I don't really get with the uh, the other club in town, which isn't, you know, they're two different rooms. That's all. That's and and some people, you know, the other room is nice, uh, but it's it's a it's a different crowd. I think expectations are different. Whereas I think you're and like you're saying with uh, Go Bananas, and I think this is the case from what I've heard with Acme up in Minneapolis, is that you you can really trust that even if you don't know the comedian, you're gonna enjoy it. Whereas the other rooms in those towns, we'll bring in someone people know and they'll bring a crowd in with them, and, and that's fine too. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you got Acme in Minneapolis, um, Comedy on State Street in Madison, Wisconsin, Go Bananas right there in Cincinnati, um, the Comedy Attic in Bloomington. Yeah, uh, that's a really good one. And yeah, yeah, those are four clubs just in the Midwest, really. <laughs> like, they're all great. Um, and I feel like, you know, the other club you guys got there in town, you know, it's a franchise yeah. chain club and it's just like a franchise chain restaurant you're only going to get so much true passion you know from from it as a you know from the the product that you're getting you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah whereas you know go banana go bananas is a it's a you know the, the, the you know the the staff there is all awesome the they've got the owners the management the, the mike the booker i mean he really cares you know yeah like they don't want garbage on the stage they want they want the best comedy they can get on that stage. And that, I think that just over the years has, has really translated to the audiences that go there. Like, I think people go there, even if it's their first time, but they just know. Like, you walk in and you understand. It's just like, this is, okay, this is a, the real thing. This isn't, we, we don't heckle here. We don't, so, yeah. you know, and it's like it's the low ceiling, the kind of like the, you know, how everything just, I mean, Go Bananas is set up perfectly. It's a perfect setup for comedy, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like a theater. It doesn't look like a, a fancy fancy. Because that's the thing. Some, sometimes clubs, they set themselves up and they're real fancy. And I, I think that can be intimidating to an audience member. Or it's like, oh, man, this is too fancy to laugh in. Yeah. And they, you know what I mean? Whereas Go Bananas just feels like, it literally feels like you're at, like, you're in like a, I don't even know how to describe it, but like a, re- it feels like a real like backyard underground sort of like, oh man, this is this is fun, this is secret, this is off the radar. This is, yeah. I can I can just I can just laugh here as an audience member. I can just get into this, and it's great. And that's what's great about you know that's that, that's why performing there, you know, it's a, it's a it's a privilege. Like a lot of clubs you go to, it's just part of the part of the gig. You're like, all right, I got to do this. Whereas like when you get that go bananas booking, you're like. Oh yes, yeah. This and, is what it, this is, you know. Yeah, and I, th- I think you okay. know, comedy fans around the country. You know, you can you can probably pretty easily find you know the club you can you can trust. You know, it's the Sanford and Sons in Kansas City, and you know there's there's ones. Uh, I guess the Helium clubs in Portland and Philadelphia. You know, also good rooms. I've, I've, I've only of, I've only done the Helium in Portland, but I love it. It's great. Yeah, you know, so. I love it. So yeah, that's the thing. If you're you know if you're interested in going out and seeing comedy live after hearing some of the you know comics we have on the show here, you, know, there, you can pretty easily you know ascertain you know and, and trust a club that's gonna you know br- bring you a comedian like uh, like you're saying. Even if you haven't heard of them necessarily, you know, you'll know that they they're bringing quality uh, to the room. 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, I'd say in my experience, there are about, you know, 15, 15 or 16 clubs right now in the country that are like, that are like Go Bananas, that are similar in the sense that they care, that they're going to bring, put something great on the stage, that, you know, you're not going to just get good, like some ding dong, you know, some guy up there, Dr. Dr. Fartman, which would actually be better than some of the things I've seen, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're actually going to see something that, like, you'll walk away. So what you'll would... walk away with, like, a... Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, you finish your thought. You walk away with... Uh... You walk away, like, a, a feeling of... You know, because the thing about comedy is you can't please everyone, and you shouldn't try. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, so there's always going to be the person, you, you know, you go to the show, maybe you don't like what you saw, and that's that. But you'll at least know that you saw someone like an, like an artist you know what i mean yeah you won't be angry about that and but then the rest of the time you know the rest of the you're gonna walk away being like oh man like not only did i laugh but that opened my mind up to something like maybe nothing huge but maybe now i just think a little differently about v-neck sweaters or maybe now i uh am a little more sympathetic to uh people who have sex change operations there you go there's the <laughs> spectrum there you, you go can really open up your mind you know, anywhere in that in that in that spectrum. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think people realize that you know that that's what comedy is just a, a vehicle for doing that, for looking at things differently, and for a way to comment without you know getting you know too heady or, or or too intellectual with it, but still can you know turn an issue on its head for people and say, oh, okay, I can kind of yeah. see the uh, the ridiculousness of that, even if it's you weren't thinking that way in the first place, you weren't on that side of the fence, you can see, oh, okay, I can see now what they're what they're saying, you know, so. Right, right. I understand. I understand. Get it now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, uh, thanks for taking the time today, of course, and uh, continued success to you. Um, what What else do you have planned uh, through the year? What can we look forward to uh, from Sean Patton? Um, I record my half hour Comedy Central special uh, at the end of February and go air in early May. Oh, so, awesome! All right, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that and. Uh, my album, I released it at the end of last year. Um, it's available now uh, on iTunes or on a special thing records.com. Oh, it that's called uh, Belknap's deal. Procedure. Okay, that, that's, okay. That, that's Matt Belknap's deal, a special thing. Yeah, yeah. The Belknap, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you team, go. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're great folks. They've been very nice to, uh, to this program, certainly. Uh, all the folks over yeah, there. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. They're one of the... They're, there's there's not many there's one you know there's them and there's another record label called Stand Up Records. Yeah. I think those are the, the only right now the those two guys those, they're the front runners of putting out great you know putting put, putting out caring. They're the go bananas of record labels. Yes, yes, and, and well, and ironically, a lot care. of a lot of folks uh, record their comedy CDs uh, at Go Bananas. We've had like a, I think half a dozen in in 2012 were recorded at uh, Go Bananas. Yeah, so that's um, kind of cool. Gatsy recorded there with yes, uh, that's right. a special thing yeah. Ago. yeah so there you go all right um yeah it's available now and you know give it a give it a listen well okay we'll have links to uh, your website where folks can find the cd and uh, also the your other tour dates around the country if they're not living in the uh tri-state area as we say or listening around the world and um again thanks for taking the time uh today sir and uh good luck to you all right thank you pf i'll see you next week all right, all right thanks sean bye-bye
again to Sean Patton for being on the show. Sean Patton is at Go Bananas in Cincinnati, Ohio. And that is Thursday, February 7th through Sunday, February 10th. Uh, I would send you to his website for more dates, but that part of his site is not working. But for uh, all other things, Sean Patton, you can go to his website, IamSeanPatton.com. Sean, the standard spelling, S-E-A-N. If you're listening to this uh, any other way than through Podbean, go over to pfradio.podbean.com to our page, and then we'll have all the uh, pertinent links to today's program. And, of course, um, his album, Sean Patton's album, their standard operating procedure, is also available now. You can probably buy that at the Amazon off Sean's website and a special thing records just google that in any search engine as they say on the bbc i like explaining things that way better don't give web addresses just say you know what just go to a search engine and punch it in i'm sure it'll come up all right uh, let me see uh, again welcome and thanks to all the folks uh, involved with radio fusion at ntu there in singapore uh they really enjoyed our top 20 apparently because we've picked up a lot of new listeners so uh thanks and welcome to all those folks there um we've also been invited to submit more programs throughout the year so uh probably on a quarterly basis uh we'll be doing what i call the pf sampler it's kind of going to be like a radio show version of um i used to make mixtapes for my friends i'm I'll, I'll admit it I called them the PF Sampler. I even had a nerdy name for them. And it would be like, you know, the newest music that I liked. I'd release them quarterly, spring, summer, winter, and fall. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. But anyway, we're going to do a radio version of it uh, for our friends in Singapore and around the world. So I'll be looking forward to that. First one will probably be out in the middle of February. And uh, Fangirl, I also do one of her own. So look for that. All right. Um, and by the way, Fangirls, uh, she's still trying to get her uh, blog up and rolling here and getting some more folks interviewed. It is uh, checkcheckhey.tumblr.com. All right. So uh, as far as our Facebook presence goes, like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. PF's tape recorder logo designed by Dan Koble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl. And uh, he also has a new business he's starting right now, by the way. And uh, we'll have more details on that next week as I get them from him. Uh, music for PS Tape Recorder was composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. And let me see, I believe that is all the business we have to take care of for this week, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>